Welcome, everybody, to the Blofeld Podcast. We're your host, Alex and Tucker. Uh, if I sound a little different this week, I am having to uh, do this from my bedroom because uh, my wife is using the game room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I figured that'd probably be a little bit too much background noise. <laughs> I'm watching kittens wrestling in the uh, in the bedroom, which is pretty great. Not uh, terrible. Not terrible. That's a good. <laughs> it's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we uh, we're going to talk about a, a couple different things this week. Um, one, we've got a little. We're not yet in preseason testing, but uh, that right. doesn't mean there's not F1 news to talk about. There was kind of a big announcement this week, um, and I have some interesting car news. I kind of teased it at the end of the last episode. I was waiting to talk about it until things had kind of solidified. Yeah. You know, and uh they did solidify as of yesterday afternoon. So <laughs> sweet. Yeah. So I figured we'd talk about that. But the one news, um, this was you know, for those of you that may remember, uh there was a lot of talk um so, what six months ago or so of yeah. Red Bull and Porsche teaming up for Formula One. You know, this was kind of at the same time that Audi announced they were getting involved. And we've had, you know, the more recent news of Cadillac and Andretti wanting to to be an additional team added to Formula One. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of kind of talk about manufacturers getting involved in fascinating because yeah. right now, you know, we're we've got the, you know, the EV revolution and stuff coming on. Is actually we're seeing at the top level of motorsport is teams. E. And more teams trying to kind of pile into Formula One. So yeah. that has to do with, you know, they're being bullish on uh, synthetic fuels, which Formula One is going to be running on. I don't know if it's this season or next season, but it's wholly using synthetic fuels uh, for the races. So I don't know if that's kind of driving part of it or if it's just simply mm. the the fact that know formula one viewership is going up especially in the u.s the market yeah the the prestige is there the uh the market value um but anyways uh this week ford announced uh they have officially partnered with red bull um uh to join in a partnership for their f1 team so it'll be red bull ford and ford is that the interesting thing is ford is actually going to be getting involved as a, a powertrain uh, mm-hmm. company along with Red Bull. And so they're going to be helping with the, with the powertrain units. So that it's not just a, you know, we kind of talked about like with the Cadillac thing, whether it would be, uh, you know, kind of just a branding exercise like Aston Martin is for right. a former racing point team. It doesn't appear to be the case. It sounds like Ford is actually going to be the engines, uh, which is, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think it makes sense with, you know, Honda kind of being a little bit uncertain if they, you know, they had pulled out right. and then kind of talked about maybe sticking around. And so mm-hmm. I think there was, you know, I think probably, right. yeah, a little more uncertainty. Um, well, Red Bull and, just spent all this money, like developing, like opening up the Red Bull powertrains facility and stuff like that. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit surprising to me, but. Um, you know, and maybe maybe what that really translates to is, you know, unlike the Porsche relationship, maybe this is just a lot more collaborative. Yeah. And, and maybe that, you know, kind of engine uh, powertrain manufacturing portion of Red Bull is still, I don't know, but I, maybe it's still in play and they're just going to work with Ford, you know, for kind of parts sourcing, engine machining, all that testing you know, and just it's more of a collaborative relationship instead of like, okay, you know, Porsche coming and saying, well, we want 51% so that right. we can make the final decisions. And this is our team now. Yeah. And uh, I think probably that's because, you know, it's, it is kind of interesting. I think a lot of this still is downstream of this, the whole Netflix thing. I, the, I still mm-hmm. think to this day, if the Netflix thing hadn't gone the way it did or even, had it not occurred none of this would be happening oh for Um, sure and i think that that is really the main reason ford expressed uh interest 
And I guess yeah. at the end of the day, whether whether your company is fully EV, part EV, part, you know, whatever internal combustion down the road, like it's still, um, you know, brand loyalty, um, it's advertising. Mm. And I think to some extent, as a manufacturer, you know, when you're, because it's maybe a little bit true for me too, you know, when you're entertaining purchasing a car, you know, and, and you're out there looking at like something like a GT3 or a GT3 RS or, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of high level sports car like that. When you think to yourself, well, this manufacturer competes at the highest level in motorsports, maybe that's, you know, debatable from some people's perspective, but right. I think, you know, generally as kind of like a population based impression, most people who are tangentially and interested in cars and maybe paying attention to some degree of racing would think that's at least one of the pinnacle. Um, right. You know, and so that kind of, that just, I think helps sell product, move product. Well, it's the classic loyalty, enthusiasm. You go back to Ford racing at Le Mans, you know, the classic Ford versus Ferrari story, et cetera. Like the whole idea behind that beyond just competition was, on Sunday, sell on Monday, right? Like you've got, you, you've <laughs> true, got this right? car, you've got this company that now has the cachet of being successful in top level motorsports. Yeah. Well, if you then come out with a sports car, that cachet, you can say, yeah, look at you know this technology that was developed on our Formula One cars is now trickled down to our street cars, and and yeah. now you have a piece of that. It's the same thing with Porsche. I mean, Porsche is what they are because of not only their the way they've kind of curated their their brand and all this stuff, but they've been incredibly successful in motorsports, and they and they go yeah. back to that well and say like yeah, and know, and that there's a honestly, connection there. Yeah, and obviously we're we're Porsche Porsche fans, like right. Um, and so I was actually kind of setting the whole Red Bull and you know people specific people involved in the team aside. I'm actually really disappointed they didn't end up in Formula One. Um, yeah. I think that that would have been a good partnership had they approached it in more of a collaborative measure because mm-hmm. a lot of the way I think about this for them, obviously they make their lunch on Macans and Cayennes, but you know, unlike... I don't know if this is true, but I think it's kind of true. Like, unlike Audi, I mean, they invest a significant portion of their portfolio and the enthusiasm that comes from their portfolio in kind of the halo car, which is, you know, the 911 Mm -hmm. you've got, you know, the Carrera series, the turbo series, the GT series. And even even their other cars, like the Macan and Cayenne are trading on that kind of motorsports sports car performance yeah. uh yeah like yeah. yeah yeah and so i i just i really kind of feel like they shit the bed on that um yeah. i think it i think it harm it it's the ford thing makes sense to me i think with like the american market yeah. increase but i i do think i don't know i think i think porsche really kind of fat-footed that I am and, surprised you know, that, like, with with Audi and Porsche both being under the VW umbrella, that, yeah, that VW didn't just say like, we're not going to put money into two different teams. Um, yeah, and Porsche is, you know, Audi is certainly known for you know sporting cars. Porsche you know. is our kind of enthusiast brand. Uh, yeah, that's what we want to be involved in Formula One. I'm surprised they didn't push that harder. You know, and here here's an interesting thought on that. Maybe I'm gonna I'll look at this a little bit as a devil's advocate, and I don't know that it makes any sense, but it, it just kind of went through my mind as you said that. <laughs> what if what if they look at this and they're basically like, we don't want a Pirelli situation. <laughs> oh, sure. If it doesn't go well, or, it sinks the sinks the brain. Yeah. Like, like in some ways, maybe they are actually well positioned to be in these like esoteric kind of GT races that n- most people don't actually pay any attention to. 
yeah. you know, except the the real nerds, but the except real nerds like, are so in so into the brand it doesn't even they don't even really like care how they perform. They just like love yeah. that they're racing. Um yeah. you I know, mean, or they, they or they have a segment where they're like, Here, we're gonna give you all GT threes. We got twenty of you guys are gonna drive these and then you just drive them and race against each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean they you know Porsche is you know, is involved <laughs> in in the uh, Le Mans hypercar class. Um, yep. That's you know, true. and, and so, I mean, they, they are kind of, they are so heavily and I actually think it's really smart. No, no doubt there's cachet being in formula one, have your name associated with that. You come at, at it from the win on Sunday, sell on Monday perspective, NASCAR ran into an issue with. Mm-hmm. So most of what you, when you see a Porsche racing, for the most part right now, aside from the new hybrid or uh, the new hypercar, Porsche racing you see are like GT3 RSRs True. and things like that. They look like the car you can go and buy. Yeah. And yeah. so you see the connection. Like my RS, put that next to a 991 RSR, you're like, I can yeah. see exactly where that came from. Um, yeah. And so True. You, the connection, the link is there. You know, whereas you look at a Formula One car, it may have yeah. Porsche. It can have Porsche splattered all over the side of it. it Look like the car you can go and buy at all. Um, yeah, yeah. And NASCAR <laughs> found that like That's they started being further and further away from the cars yeah. on the track, looking like the cars of the dealership, and they saw that interest waned. And in, in this in the last year or two, built a new car, a new chassis. The, the manufacturers that are involved in NASCAR make them look a lot more like the car you can go out and buy. They yeah, realize that point. that connection is actually really important. Um, one yeah, kind of kinda what you're... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, what you know, kind of what you're walking away with with Formula One is interesting technology, like, you know, it, yeah. you know, dual, you know, axle steering or rear axle steering or something like that. Carbon that fiber goes into, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. You know, it's like technology. But to your point, you know, none of us really like relate enthusiastically to like a single piece of technology like we do the whole car. All right. Yeah. I do want to point out, you know, this is not Ford's first foray into Formula One. Um, they have been in, incredibly successful back in the 60s and 70s so um they have cool. 10 constructors championships and 13 drivers That's championships actually um and i didn't know that for formula one nerds uh you'll know famous engine in formula one history is the ford cosworth dfd engine it's that engine won the most grand prix races of any engine in history huh What's remarkable about it, you know, we look at now, like, every year the engines are getting tweaked, right? And they're getting upgraded mm-hmm. and all that stuff. The DFV premiered in the 1967 Formula One season. And the last race uh, that was won by a car with a, a Ford Cosworth DFV engine was in 1983. Jeez. So 16 years this engine was in use in Formula One and was win- winning races. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it, it has, it has a pretty remarkable history. Um, and I remember reading, I think it was cool. Jackie Stewart's autobiography and he was talking about, uh, the car he was in the first season that the Cosworth DFV came out. He was like, we all knew we had no chance of winning because that engine was so much better than everything else that, that <laughs> anyone else is doing. Huh. Um, so well, they have a really to see what they can cook up. Yeah, they have they have a pretty awesome history. So it's exciting, man. I I'm excited to, to see an American manufacturer in there. You know, right yeah. now we've got you know Mercedes, uh, Ferrari, Ferrari, uh, or Alpine, mm-hmm. I should say. You know, we've got these these you know teams, and then actually the number of engine manufacturers in Formula One is quite small, right? I mean, let me ask you this. This might be a dumb question, but I just haven't had time to look into it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, w- with Audi coming on board, are they, is, is that going to basically be like Volkswagen engine manufacturer? Are they going to partner with somebody? That's a great question. You know? um, I I did not see, because I didn't see too much um, about whether they were going to be coming in as a manufacturer or whether they were... Because, I mean, now... Yeah, like now that, you know, Porsche is not going to be a part of it, maybe it would 
maybe the Volkswagen group will come in as okay. a, a manufacturer. So I don't know. I'm just making it there. Up. There's an article from shortly after this announce the Audi announcement that they, mm-hmm. they are coming in. So for, I should say Ford is coming in in 2026 as, oh, okay. uh, as, as an, as a power unit collaborator with provider Red Bull, Red Bull yeah. racing. Audi is coming in in 2026 as well as a power unit supplier. So they okay. are doing an engine. So, um, okay. so 2026, cool. I kind of wonder, I, I would need to look into it, but that seems awfully coincidental. I wonder if 2026 mm-hmm. is the next year that there's a major engine regulation change. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause that would stand to reason, right? Like they, <clears throat> they find out now what the regs are going to be for 2026 working on the engine now it's not like you know, yeah 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 you can't just engine like pull something off not, the shelf or yeah you're not gonna when you're starting from scratch <laughs> that's going to be a multi-year process getting that engine yeah. to where it needs to be so man uh, you know you wonder i i would love to find out at some point like what this costs these companies to do i remember um, reading that you got... i remember reading that for honda mm-hmm. the engine development was upwards of a billion dollars See, that's just bananas. I mean, that that is the one piece of this that's like, okay, if you don't, I don't know, like, I I don't know enough of the details on this, but is there any, um, you know, with, you know, Audi being in, um, you know, Le Mans and, and running those a while back, you know, is there some kind of blueprint that they can use to save some money? Because that, that is an insane amount of money when audi as an organization is saying like you know by 2030 we expect to basically be selling all electric cars like we're going to become the the tesla arm of volkswagen automotive group you go you know whereas this this is interesting uh not to interrupt you but i want to clarify yeah yeah. there's an article from forbes that Said that there was new there was research that showed an automaker would need to spend 1.4 billion to develop a Formula One engine from scratch. Jesus. Apparently each the, engine the, costs 10.5 million, by the way. <laughs> wow. I yeah. mean, what is what is a you know, I guess what the hell is a marketing budget for Ford or Audi? Yeah. I mean you know, in a in a given year. And if that's like I don't know. I mean I suppose, like, once the engine is developed, you and can then, kind of amortize it maybe over... Yeah, tweak it over years. I don't know. Yeah. That's my... Six, yeah, seven, I, eight years. And then it's like I'm, I'm not... Sure, you get a return on your investment? I don't know. I'm sure. Like, the engine in, the, in this coming season's Ferrari is going to be an iteration of last season's Ferrari engine. It's not going to be yeah, a new yeah, ground yeah. up build yeah but but to your point earlier now i'm extremely perplexed by this yeah <laughs> it's like let's say they come in and you know they're coming in in 2026 mm-hmm. and audi is really really pushing the ev thing because they basically are like we want the same kind of market cap that tesla has right um and so now it's like i go into the dealership and they're like yeah we don't make that r8 thing anymore that's that's gone that's now electric and you and I are in the dealership looking at Audis, and we're a little bit confused because none of them make any noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we go to a Formula One race. Yeah, it's like a you know screaming Wailing engine around the track. It's like, whoa, what's going on? Here? Well, that's 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 why I say I'm. I think it's curious. I that they're <clears throat> that they are not. Yeah, it is. You know, doubling. I had like part of why it doesn't make any sense to me to join formula E is it's not getting viewership. It's not getting investment. Yeah. I get that. Exactly. But you know, if you're truly saying that electric is the way of the future, you know, it's, you're not really supporting that with your actions, you know? And that's what I don't understand about why it doesn't jive with the, with the plan. Like, you know, when you, when you listen to a lot of higher executives at, Porsche, they basically say the 911 is going to be the last thing that goes electric if right. it ever goes electric. Right. And so, in my mind, it's like, okay, if we're going to, like, let's say theoretically, you know, this will be, you know, stomach churning for a lot of people, but maybe the reality is just like the next GT3 is no longer naturally aspirated and it's a hybrid of some sort. 
Yeah. Um, or maybe it is still naturally aspirated, but it's paired with a hybrid. And so like they can kind of accomplish that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, like it, it just would have made a lot more sense for me with that kind of mindset that Porsche would have been the ones going into formula one totally. and Audi would have been like, you know, we're just going to become the Tesla of the Volkswagen automotive group Yeah, where it's like, you've, you've now got this motorsports company in Porsche. Who's going to go to the grave with internal combustion engines on its high end performance and racing cars and Audi mm-hmm. presumably kind of from the rumbling I've heard is like, we're all, we're going to just all be electric. Porsche also, like, okay. Porsche also already has the plan in place of like, you know, 911s are really actually a small fraction of their overall sales. Um, and so I think they're looking at it as like, if we go all electric with the Cayenne and the Macan, which are their kind yeah, of first yeah, ones, yeah. the 718, yeah. then if we just sell a boatload of those, like we've been doing, the Panamera. Uh, as well as the Taycan, of course, and iterations. Yeah. <clears throat> if all these go electric, then we can meet our regulation carbon emissions, fleet carbon emissions, yeah. and still have a, a, an internal combustion 911. Yes, it could be, it, yeah. it will be hybridized. We know that. It might be turbocharged, you know, eventually, the naturally aspirated. Probably. But I think you know it could yeah, yeah, probably yeah. get away yeah. with continuing to just make internal combustion engine. Um, That's kind of what I think. I mean, I, I assume like maybe the the turbo versions of the nine eleven in the next generation get hybridized. Yeah, um, I could also and, see and so, them looking at it and saying, "Look, people buying nine elevens are dedicated enthusiasts. They'll be willing yeah, to yeah. pay the." Uh, premium for say eventually um routine you know normal gasoline is is outlawed or not outlawed but say there's massive incentives to not use gasoline yeah um maybe if you're going into central london and you're using synthetic fuels you don't have to pay a separate tax or charge or whatever yeah i think they're they're looking at it and saying if you're willing to spend hundred fifty thousand dollars for an enthusiast sports car you'll you'll be willing to pay the money for a synthetic fuel and knowing that synthetic fuel costs <laughs> probably true synthetic fuel costs will come down i was watching a chris harris uh top gear did a thing um chris harris was, was the presenter about synthetic fuels versus ev mm-hmm. he said currently synthetic fuels cost ten dollars a liter which is obviously very expensive you know it's like 3.7 liters in a gallon so you're talking you know, uh, 40 bucks a gallon, let's say. If you can get that down to where 10 bucks a gallon, still very expensive. Using your car, yeah. say, 100 miles a week, you're going for two little nice drives on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All of yeah. a sudden, if that's your hobby and that's something you enjoy, maybe you can justify that cost. And yeah, maybe that's I mean, what Porsche Look at how many at. miles we put on ours. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I... I go through a tank of gas maybe once every a month, maybe unless I'm doing a trip up to the cities to the dealership or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that, that could become a cost that people are willing to justify. Um, yeah. As, as the price of synthetic fuel gets down, I don't think synthetic fuels are, are going to be. It's so cost efficient that they truly could just, they're all for the yeah, person that's just, mass adoption. Yeah, that just needs their Honda Civic to get to work. Like that may not happen. I think mm-hmm. it certainly could be a realistic option for enthusiasts that want to be using their internal combustion engine cars. And they love the theater of yeah. it, but they they do care about the environment. They want to be environmentally, uh, and this is a you know carbon neutral process. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be, you know, ultimately it, it'd be fascinating to know Ford's motives behind it. But I think they obviously have a massive amount of engineering and resources and whatnot that they can bring to bear on on Formula One. And I think it's exciting that an American brand is going to be competing. Yeah. So 
Um, we got to wait 2026. Huh? Yep, got to wait a couple seasons, yeah. but uh, it should be it should be pretty fun to see. I, unfortunately, there it's Red Bull, so like, want to root for them. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, maybe uh, you know Max will have moved on to you know a less likable team, you know another team, so I can actually like root for Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other thing yeah. we want we want to talk about this week. Um, is yeah some exciting news exciting news so last the last time we talked talked all about your the 9-11 t and uh yeah has is that have you gotten any updates like has that started the build process are you locking it in soon or what's the deal it's gonna lock in about 30 days okay and then uh starts a starts the build like probably i don't know maybe a few weeks after that okay so yeah, it's still open to change. We could still go Ruby Star, Neil. <laughs> you you have well, you have you haven't texted me about a couple of things <laughs> that you're still <laughs> debating. I'm I'm mostly gonna leave it alone at this point. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see. I, I look forward to your text. Point, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I I felt very left out uh, by all this new car getting. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and made, I get it. I and get made it. and made what is probably an incredibly stupid decision, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be pretty cool. Um, yes, it will. Yes, it will. So, okay. So, well, where, where, like, before you get into that, yeah. like, where, where did the background interest in this come from? Okay. So, <laughs> I, I, it's, I, I actually was going to kind of explain that a little bit because it's, it seems out of okay. left field, but. Um, so for a long time, you know, in the last few years, we've seen, particularly during COVID, we saw a huge <laughs> uptick in interest in like overlanding vehicles and, and that whole aesthetic, right? Like the true the truck yeah, that has, that's true. has the camper on the back and the, you know, yeah, the Bronco coming back. Yeah. 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 So we saw this huge increase, you know, because people travel unless you could drive there and places wasn't safe so people wanted to go camping and things like that so we saw this big uptick but all the through line through all of that um and pre-existing all of that uh, a specific trend with porsche 911s called safariing and this dates back to the 70s when porsche uh porsche was entering they would basically would do rallies they did the east african mm -hmm. safari yep, rally exactly. was a famous one cars um and the 959 at one point rallied in a famous rothman's livery this was mm -hmm. during the perry dakar rally back when it was truly the perry dakar um mm -hmm. so this aesthetic really existed in porsche world for a long time of there's this 911 it's got you know uh, bigger wheels and tires um yeah, and and it just looks cool, you know. Uh, oftentimes they yeah. have a light pod on the hood for extra illumination at yeah. night, etc. Yeah, yeah. And and so that that aesthetic has been around, and people, you know, some people love it. Some people think it's, you know, why would you do that to a nine eleven kind of deal? Um, which I never <laughs> really got because it's like, well, the factory did yeah. did that first, you know. They, these were these yeah. were used as rally cars. And it's interesting yeah, yeah, because yeah. well. You know, their rear wheel drive, because the engine is over the rear wheels, they actually have really good traction. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So, well, and um, and kind of like we've, we've made reference to like the Ford F-150, my God, you can get a 911, however the however you want. hell it's useful well, to you. Just recently yeah. they had the, you know, they, they, they announced it a long time ago, but they finally had the journalist uh, mm -hmm. press launch event for the, the, the 911 Dakar. Which is essentially mm -hmm. a factory built quote unquote safari nine eleven. Interesting nine, yeah, interesting nine, nine, interesting point on that. Porsche wanted to name it the nine eleven safari, but mm -hmm. the trademark for the safari name is actually held by mm -hmm. Tata Motors in India. Oh, interesting. Uh, so huh. they, they couldn't kind of talk them into I guess selling the trademark or whatever, so they yeah. named it the Dakar. But um, Okay. So this aesthetic has been around for a while. I've always thought it was cool looking. Um, yeah. 
I've always kind of been enamored a bit with air-cooled Porsches. They sound a specific way. There's certainly a mystique among Porsche enthusiasts for mm-hmm. the air-cooled era of 911s. Yeah. Um, and so, but what really kind of sparked my interest was um, when Ken Block passed away. Um, mm. I And I, I told you about this. I mentioned on the podcast, there was a... Um, about an hour and 15 minute, roughly documentary that, um, Tuthill Porsche, which is a famous, um, shop over in the UK, they do restorations, they do unique builds, et cetera. They do nine eleven safari cars and they go race in the East Africa, uh, safari <laughs> rally, um, with, you know, basically safari prepped nine elevens. And it was, a, I mean, this, this could have been. I hope they submit it for like a sports doc. There's like a sports documentary award that they give out in the UK. I, I hope that they submit it because it's one of the better, just enjoyable motorsports documentaries I've seen. It just really. Which one is it? What's it called? I'm glad you asked. Because I was watching here. Yeah, because I started to watch one um, the other night, and I can't remember if it's the one that the one that you texted me and referenced. Yeah, so, um, so it's called the Tuthill <clears throat> Porsche Safari Film. Gotcha. Uh, okay. It's an hour and ten minutes long. It came out about a month ago. It it has only one hundred seventy four thousand views. Which I mean, this thing is if you're if you're a car enthusiast, is one of the best. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, it, it I watched. I ended up watching it because Ken Block was featured in it as he, he had purchased one of Tuthill's Safari cars seen it there so he was in the documentary and um gotcha. I, I just I, it, it really kind of captured my imagination and so i started gotcha, kind of man. looking around online just out of curiosity more than anything and, and hell their cars are super expensive so i was like well mm-hmm. i can't even like play around with that idea yeah, yeah. um there's actually a company over in wisconsin called kelly moss racing holds them mm-hmm. also incredibly expensive but, so I'm looking around online and I found a company that builds them and, but they're a smaller company. And, and so I just emailed the the owner, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, kind of what, what do your, what do your builds cost? And he came back with a number and it was significantly less than Kelly Moss. And I, so mm-hmm. I kind of asked him, you know, <clears throat> what you know components do you use? And just kind of got more information. And as I talked to him, you know, it, it was like, okay, they, you know, this guy really knows what he's talking about. Uh, he sent me pictures of some of their builds and they were really cool. They looked really well done. They're not like a singer build. They're not some, you know, yeah, yeah. that's also why they don't cost an astronomical amount. Yeah. So I started thinking, I was like, oh man, this would be such a cool car to have, but I can't have another toy car like it's just i know you, you know. and i yeah you and i both. yeah 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 <laughs> and and so i was like some of our cars actually have to be used yeah <laughs> so so i started thinking like could i daily drive this car like could i just use it as my daily driver and uh i so i i actually touched base with a couple people including matt farah from the smoking tire who famously it was Safari, uh, safari 911 from a, a guy named Lee Keen, um, who also builds them, uh, and it's a reasonable daily driver. And 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 Matt Farrow was kind enough to DM me back on Instagram and, and was like, "Yeah, I I used it for around LA and I loved it." Cool. And so I was like, "Okay, like this could be rad, especially to get through our winters and stuff like that," you know. Yeah, yeah, this would be a real winter war machine, yeah. man. And so I um my wife about it and you know, after much you know, negotiation, yeah. uh she yeah. she yeah. <laughs> she signed off on it. So she approved, yeah. <laughs> we kind of we kind of talked more at length, you know, more seriously with um with the with the builder and uh, yesterday <clears throat> I wired my, uh, deposit, uh, awesome. to lock in my build slot. So Sweet. it's going to get built 
we're going to find the um, start trying to find the the donor the donor car, and kind of springtime next year, and the build is going to basically take place over two three months in late spring early summer. So mm-hmm. by next you know, kind of middle of next summer, I should be. <laughs> Should be daily driving this should thing. Be rocking this which thing. may be the Sweet. dumbest thing ever. I, but it could yeah. also be really cool. I think cool. it's worth that's what I think. I mean you know, a lot of times when I think about these car purchases and in, in kind of the past, I've really thought in terms of like, okay, I've gotta own this forever. This has gotta be the the forever car. Right. And it is kind of bullshit because it's really like never going to be and so you really, I think, have to just kind of assume that it's going to occupy a portion of your life and really afford you like an amazing experience. And 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 you just need to enjoy that experience for however long it lasts. Yeah. I mean, um, before you know, some things evolve or something changes, and, right. and a different opportunity presents itself. Like that's basically the fun of cars. Yeah, you know, is like <clears throat> I've gotten. You know, I've really berated myself in the past for like, you know, you really, you really said this was going to, you're going to own this for a really, really long time. Right. And then I've kind of come to realize like, no, actually my interest in cars is like the, the enjoyable experience. And then try something and new. sometimes it's a, yeah, it's like a shorter experience and other times it's a much longer experience, you know, because like like this car is not something you can just go get right and so presumably it's going to be with you for a very long time because you know you you have to go through all this work it's very customized right um and so it's like you really get to savor that experience whereas other cars that you can just kind of buy off the lot you know they might afford um you know really useful ability for a certain window yeah and then kind of thinking about like my truck in a similar way and then there's a there's a terminus mm-hmm where you're like these things have been accomplished i've kind of gotten what you want most of what i needed to do mm-hmm. now i'm going to start looking at something different right and and that's kind of the variety of life oh know? and and then you know the the thing that was really com- you know part of my whole like debate about this was you know whether i wanted to do it now or not and mm-hmm. and i really you know for me i looked at it as like this was probably kind of now or never for me because prices on air-cooled 911s are just continuing to creep yeah. up. So the donor car prices... They're getting, you know, harder to find. Right. They're not making any more. Right. Well, and if I if I came back to the idea in two years, you know, kind of what I told my wife is I said, you know, if... if That's probably if we true, revisit honestly, this in two years, you know, the donor cars yeah. are more expensive. The... Think about all our um, colleagues that are going to be retired and bored right. with all their retirement money, and they're going to flood this. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and we've talked ad nauseum, but I think it, it bears repeating, like, there is a standing among enthusiasts yeah. that this are gone forever in terms of they're not making new cars yeah. like this anymore. So, yeah. you know, yep. that's part of what's been driving the market. And, you know, so I, my main concern was right now, this, I can afford to do this. Um, it's a cool experience, as you said, like, first time I'm going to get to be able to pick every little mm-hmm. nut and bolt that goes on it. You know, they, they have mm-hmm. a general package that they use in terms of the suspension setup, tires, et cetera. But, you know, I can, I... I'm going to be able to do some custom exterior options, some custom interior options that I'm excited about. Hundred percent. My concern yeah. was, okay, I can afford to do this now. Eight, two years. Our car's more expensive. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, this guy blows this guy up, blows up shop blows well, up. So I, I kind of skipped over this, but part of what drove me to do this now too, I want to mention is, that Lee Keen uh, was the builder that did um, Matt Farah from the Smoking Tires Safari 911. So I reached yeah. out to Lee actually first because I, I I had read charging for his Safari builds and it was it was a similar price. 
to this builder mm-hmm. I, I have, you know, ended up going with. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked Lee, I DM'd him on Instagram. I said, you know, are, are, are you still commissions? And he said, he said, no, he's like, I, you know, our prices at all for what we're doing, but so backed up on our orders that we just aren't accepting new commissions yeah. right now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, which, I, you know, fair enough. He's he he creates a good product, and I was worried that the same thing would happen with this guy if these builds start getting more notoriety on social media and things like that, and the 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 interest spikes because of the nine eleven Dakar and things. Yeah. Then okay, I could come back to this guy in two years, and and it could be one of two things: either he's increased the cost of you know increased what he charges mm-hmm. to build it. Or he says, yeah, I'm happy to build it for you, but it's going to be a four-year wait because I just, I only yeah. build three of these a year and my wait list. Yeah, is... and then, you know, four, then you're, you know, six years in and, and air-cooled 911s are no longer affordable. We were, I was looking period. at the, like I was looking at the cost of, of this era of 911 and uh-huh. uh, a 911 turbo from this area, or from this era, sorry, um, like, five years ago was like 70 grand now a non-turbo regular 911 sc that's has reasonable maintenance is 60 grand it's just so yeah. you know and, and the 911 turbo that was 60 70 grand five years ago that's now a hundred thirty thousand dollar car so hmm. that's where the market's gone in five six years i mean you you just I, and I just don't see that market may soften a little bit, but we're talking like the creme de la creme of, of affordable, quote unquote, enthusiast cars. Porsche Club is a is a tight one. People get in them. They love them. Buy more of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't see this that specific market, the air cooled market, cooling off anytime soon. So, you know, I. I you know, that's what I told my wife. I said, you know, yes, you know, would it be nice to be able to wait a couple of years, take care of some things, et cetera? Um, it would be, but I am genuinely concerned that this opportunity will be gone in two years. It just, yeah, it, it won't be because, because I, it, I, I don't want to pay, you know, no, a ton know, of money for a daily like driver. A and then, because yeah. I want to be able to use this thing, I don't want to worry about it getting scratched. Yeah. You know, car, car door, yeah. et cetera. And if it cost, you know, high six figures or something, you know, 150, $160,000, yeah. I don't want to do it. it it's yeah, not worth it. I at agree. That point. It takes the fun out of it. Yeah. It, it does. It takes the fun out of it. Like, I, I love the I idea don't think of this thing idea. just covered in crime. Like, that's the beauty of these safari yeah, cars. Yeah, they look yeah. better when they've got dirt on them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, hundred <laughs> percent. So, I'm I'm excited about it. It's it's going to be cool. It's going to be a cool process. I think. Can we just can we promise ourselves that we will be able to have at least a six foot antenna on the back, like a CB radio antenna? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that would be so amazing. Like it's whacking around in the ramp. <laughs> So I would be just so freaking cool. I'm putting it on the initial build, but I have thought about down the line maybe putting a roof rack on it because I think that would look pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. That'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. Put your lunch up there. <laughs> <laughs> going to work. <laughs> uh, so that's so cool. Funny. I, I want to get your input on on some color choices. So one of the interesting things with yeah, yeah. So yeah. this the the shop that's doing it, they do custom builds, but they so an exotic and collector car dealer and they do um selling and wraps uh and so okay yeah included in the cost of the build is a custom wrap so i can basically get the color and i can get the car in pretty much any color i want um and so i'm getting my wife's input um you know we've kind of looked at some colors debating whether i want to do my initial was to do kind of a fun color like an orange or something like that there's some classic mm-hmm. porsche colors that are you know various shades of orange i thought gosh i'm i'm gonna be driving this thing to high v and 
<laughs> to yeah. to just regular places like do i want yeah yeah it's yeah, already yeah, gonna yeah. be like very uh, you know very out there do i want to like be a bright color too yeah. i don't know <clears throat> so i'll have to get your input on that but that's, yeah, that's, that's my exciting car news yeah 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 and that's um you know i don't know i kind of went around that circle with the 911 t oh, and yeah you know, we so, talked about it. You know, just was back. God, ad nauseum. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Part of me is kind of like, you know, go for it. You know, you you will still have uh, Dumbo mm-hmm. as kind of like a backup. You know, yeah. where you're just like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be dialed up to one hundred percent. And and you know, the Volvos are are kind of like another, you know, nice Toyota Camry. Mm-hmm around uh, this this town and so they've run pretty well under the radar and so um you know and the, but the other thing is the beauty is like uh i don't know that i'll do this with the t but it's something you could also consider with this is like maybe you start out with kind of a bore you know more of a boring color or just kind of under the radar and then four years later wrap it in something different yeah and be like, you know what, I'm going orange, or I'm going navy green. Oh, yeah. or I, That's the thing is like, you know, some kind of with, wacky. With wraps, generally, you have to camouflage. Color. Yeah. <laughs> well, with wraps, generally, you have to replace them every three to five years, anyways. So, like, you could always kind of mix yeah. it up. But yeah, so, that yeah. is my news. Uh, I'm excited about it. It's amazing. Um, Me too. This is going to be pretty. Yeah, <laughs> it should. It should be fun. It'll be. You know, there there's some. I do have a few qualms about it you know, because it's going to be a car from the eighties. Um, you know, the, the nine mm-hmm. eleven, the nine thirty generation, which is what we're going to be getting is basically built in the late seventies through 1988 or 89. I think it was 88. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it, it doesn't have power steering, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. uh, it doesn't have, uh, you know, modern conveniences and stuff that we've grown used to. Um, although I am putting yeah. in, thank God for Porsche, man. Like the Porsche is interesting. A lot of automotive manufacturers really care about their old cars that are on the road. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so Porsche offers a, uh, basically an entertainment uh, unit that takes the place of the radio in the older cars Aesthetically, it looks like the old radio, but it has Apple CarPlay. It has a little screen. Yeah, um, yeah, I've seen some. So of these. I'm, I'm going to be getting one of those uh, put in as part of my build. Cool. Um, so I will have Very some modern cool. I think that's smart. Yeah, I'm giving up the heated steering wheel yeah. and the heated seats of my BMW. You know, <laughs> so I know man, there are sacrifices know, know. being made for a little bit of style. Yeah, I, I have. <laughs> yeah, I have found that. Like my truck doesn't have, you know, heated steering wheel, and uh, you just wear really thick gloves. Yeah, I f- I figure ultimately, <laughs> and you're okay. You're I'm gonna okay. be leaving from a heated garage in the morning, so the only time that's really gonna bother yeah, me, you got that covered. Is leaving from <laughs> work to go work. home. Yeah, I'll survive. Um, <laughs> You'll survive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll be worth yeah. it. Yeah, so so <laughs> it'll be fun. I'll, uh, you know, the the process is gonna be interesting in that. Uh, the deal, the the builder, since he is also a, a you know a car dealer, he is going to source the car for me, um, okay. and yeah. uh, and so you know that basically involves he's going to be sending me every car that he thinks would be a reasonable cool. car and just see if you know if I approve of it. I look, I look forward to I look uh-huh. forward to some of these. Texts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you think of this? Yeah, what do you think of this? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that process will be fun, and then you know we're we'll, we're gonna kind of we've pretty much ironed out actually a lot of the details of the build itself. Um, I'm gonna be installing a uh, a, a short shift kit uh, because the transmission nice. in those cars um, from that era was not that great, uh, and the shift kit from sure. all the um, videos and reviews I've read basically say it's phenomenal um sorts that yeah Yeah. so so i'm doing a shift kit i'm doing these really cool kind of 80s aesthetic recaro seats um yeah those are gonna make sense did i show you those by the way (laughs) did i I text you those i 
I think so. Okay. I do think so. Yeah, um, I do. Think they're they're so. kind yeah, of they're basically like a houndstooth pattern. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. There, there's Those definitely going to be some awesome. cool touches. I'm doing a light pod on the front hood, like the rally style light pod. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I'm doing a, uh, <laughs> I'm adding a ducktail spoiler. Um, oh, so aesthetically, <laughs> it's going to be a really rad, you know, air cooled 911. That's going to be amazing, yeah. man. That'll be amazing. So, uh, I will give updates on the podcast uh, when they when they happen. But yeah, uh, yeah. in the meantime, I'm, I'll be looking forward to it. So I think that's all I, I have Sweet. for this week. Unless you have anything to add. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's uh, that should do should do all right. It. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another show. In the meantime, be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Blowfell Podcast. Um, be sure to, um, you know, subscribe to our podcast, rate our podcast. Super helpful for us to to kind of reach more people. And um, we will see you in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.